You're listening to Solace Radio, Monta Vista, Colorado. If you like the programming you hear on Solace Radio, please become a partner with us and donate any amount you'd like, and we'd sure appreciate it. And it helps us to reach more and more people around the world with this great message of hope. Thank you for listening to Solace Radio. Now back to our program. So let's pray right now as we begin to study Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. We're reading today a very timely portion in the scriptures. It's Parshat Noah, the story of Noah. And it describes a truly horrible time for humanity when violence had spread everywhere. The Hebrew word in Torah for violence is Hamas. Now, it's a Hebrew word. It's different than the Arabic name of the terrorist group. They sound the same. It's a different word, but it sounds just like the modern Arabic name of the terrorist group in Gaza. The Gaza terrorist group, Hamas, is an Arabic acronym. But I want to tell you, every time that I hear the word Hamas or the name Hamas, it definitely reminds me of the violence that we read about this week in Torah. And I want to start with a passage for this week's Torah portion, um, but I'll also include a few verses from the end of last week's portion. So Genesis chapter 6, starting in verse 5. And I'll, I've had to put together my own translation for some of these verses because it's a very important, I think, at this time to capture some essential details and character of what's written here. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything that the people thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. And so the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. Another translation, and the Lord regretted that he had made mankind on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord had profound regret. It was the same response he had about King Saul, and there's more on that to come. He was grieved. He was brokenhearted. And so the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth, every man and beast and crawling creature and bird of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. Verse 8, Noah, however, found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, 
Ham, and Japheth. And so we see, let me pause and point this out, we see that Noah is identified as righteous, he's identified as a just man, and he's blameless. He's He's got maturity and he is filled with integrity, and he walked with God. Verse 11, now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and full of violence. The Hebrew says, full of Hamas. And God looked upon the earth and he saw that it was corrupt for all flesh, all humanity on the earth had corrupted their ways. And then God said to Noah, the end of all flesh, all humanity has come before me because through them the earth is full of violence. Now behold, I will destroy both them and the earth. Pause. Pause for just a second. Because there's an important lesson here that could be really useful for all of us. The Lord said these extreme things that he was about to do. And if you just pause and you imagine that you are Noah and you've just, you think you've heard everything. It's all about destroyed. There's no one No one who's not corrupt. And that's the word. That could give you the impression, if you were Noah, that your end was near. But it's important to understand the Lord had more to say. And so we've got to complete what he says in order to understand what he's just said. So he says, behold, I'm going to destroy all mankind and the earth. Make for yourself, Noah, an ark of gopher wood. <clears throat> That's an important detail. Make for yourself. Because the Lord is showing Noah that there is a future. Behold, I will bring flood waters upon the earth to destroy every creature under the heavens that has the breath of life. Everyone on the earth will perish. Again, if that's all you heard, you would think, Oh no, it's over for me too. But verse 18, But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives, with you. And you are to bring two of every living creature into the ark, male and female. Another way of translating that is, you're to bring pairs of living creatures. Because later on we find that in some cases, seven pairs are brought in. To keep them alive with you. I want you to say that with me. To keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird and animal, or pairs of every kind of bird and animal and crawling creatures will come to you to be kept alive. And you're also to take for yourself every kind of food that's eaten and gather it as food for yourselves and for the animals. And so Noah did everything precisely as God had commanded him. So humanity was consumed, filled with violence. And the violence was understood to include rape, murder, kidnapping, and other brutalities. It is remarkable how the violence of 
Hamas in these days mirrors the ancient violence during the time of Noah. At that time, the Lord determined that the violence of individuals could not be cured. It had to be fully eliminated. Sometimes the only solution is that drastic. I think it's timely for us, when we think of the modern terrorist group Hamas in Gaza, the only solution is that it be eliminated. The horror, the hatred, the evil, the barbaric massacres that Hamas organized and carried out, murders, rapes, beheading, slaughtering babies, grandmothers, pregnant women, kidnapping, parading corpses and wounded hostages, through cheering Gazan crowds, Hamas is Gaza's ISIS. And so when I'm praying about Hamas, I'm praying that this terrorist group will be utterly removed from the face of the earth. I believe Israel's correct to make the judgment that Hamas needs to be removed. I believe our government is correct in standing with Israel and making the same judgment. And I believe the European Parliament is correct in making the same judgment that Hamas needs to be eliminated. These are profoundly important judgments, and we can learn something about them by paying attention to the fact that the Lord had regret and He had anguish. Because when the Lord made the profound judgment about humanity during the time of Noah, he was filled with regret. He was not dispassionate. He was not just neutral emotionally. In order to understand how the Lord has expressed regret, a very useful example is found in 1 Samuel 15, verse 11. The Lord was in anguish over King Saul. That's what he told the prophet Samuel, who had commissioned Saul as king according to what the Lord had told Samuel to do. 1 Samuel 15, verse 11, the Lord says, I'm sorry that I ever made Saul king. I regret that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me, and he has refused to obey my command. Now this translation for the next part of this verse is, I think, very, very important to capture. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this. The way the Lord expressed his regret, his anguish, his sorrow was so profound. And this is what the Hebrew says, that Samuel shrieked and cried with the Lord all night. Many English translations do not capture this. And they say, So Samuel cried out to the Lord at night. 
And there is a kind of crying out to the Lord that is typical, that's just calling out to God. It's formed from a completely different Hebrew word than is used here. This type of agony is is captured in English with the word shriek. That's a hard word. It describes a shrill cry. A shriek. Crying, not just crying out like calling out, but crying with a shrill cry, a shriek. And not just crying to the Lord, but crying with the Lord. This type of cry is associated with grief and regret, but it is not the same as just feeling bad or feeling a loss. It is the cry that the Lord made. Noah heard it. Samuel heard it when the Lord was making profound moral judgment about evil. When God regrets, when He is heartbroken over evil, His response is full of passion. And I believe He gives voice to the agony and the anguish that He experiences over this evil. May the people of Gaza be heartbroken over the evil that Hamas is doing. And let it be that all of Gaza expresses profound regret and anguish about the presence of Hamas in their land. In many ways, the agenda of Hamas is just like the Nazi agenda. What they're doing reflects the barbarism of the Nazis. It's truly repugnant. It is evil. It requires the strongest response necessary. It is time for all the Gazans and all Palestinians everywhere to fully separate themselves from everything that is a continuation of the Nazi hatred and the violence. Psalm 83, Sandy shared with me last week, makes it clear that this violence is not something new. It recurs. Asaf had a psalm. He, he said, Psalm 83, verse 1, Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace and do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult. And those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Hamas takes that position. Their stated goal is to eliminate the state of Israel. 
the nation of Israel. And their plan clearly is being carried out. And it involves barbaric violence against Jews just because they're Jews on the land of Israel. Let's go back to Genesis 6, verse 11. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked on the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. Humanity had corrupted its way upon the earth. Then God said to Noah, the end of humanity has come before me, for the earth is filled with Hamas, with violence. Remember, that's the Hebrew word. Not the same as the Arabic word. They sound the same. And their agenda is the same. What they do is the same. But they're completely different words. Behold, I am about to destroy them with the flood. Noah responded to the reality of the corruption and the evil and the violence. He recognized that the Lord had decided, you could say it was settled in heaven, that the evil violence, the Hamas, would be judged and destroyed. And Noah recognized that decision, and he remained a man of faith. He demonstrated long-term faithfulness, even though he was surrounded by violence, lawlessness, injustice, hatred, and evil. He built the ark as he was instructed. Jewish sages say it took 120 years to build the ark. Noah planned to survive. He planned to live. He planned to replenish the earth because he knew that that was the Lord's plan. That through Noah, the Lord would reestablish mankind. And then, generations later, through Abraham, the Lord renewed the hope and the future for humanity. Because between Noah and Abraham, again, people went wrong to a different extent. Now, the apostolic writings of the Brit Shah recognize the faithfulness of Noah and the importance of faith for each one of us and so I'm, I want to read to you a verse that's very familiar, but I want to show you how it's connected to the story of Noah. It's Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, without faith, and that means without faith and faithfulness, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now here's the connection with Noah. It's the very next verse. Hebrews 11:7. It was by faith, it was by faith and faithfulness that Noah built the ark, that large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faithfulness, Noah rendered a guilty verdict against the rest of the world. Many English translations use just the wrong sentiment. By 
by his faith, Noah condemned the world. That's not exactly right. Noah recognized that God had examined the evidence of every person on the earth. And that everyone, except for Noah and his family, had been found unbelievably guilty. And so Noah was like a juror who heard the evidence and had heard the case. And he agreed with the guilty verdict against the rest of the world. And he himself received the justice, the righteousness that comes by being faithful. Just pause for a moment. Compare this moment to what happened with Abraham when the Lord said, there's Hamas in Sodom and Gomorrah. And I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham famously began to plead with God and negotiate with God. Would you do that, Lord, if there's a hundred righteous? The Lord said, for the sake of a hundred, I wouldn't do it. And the negotiations continue until it goes from 20 to 10. And Abraham has said, for 10 would you spare the people? And the Lord said, I would. And then the negotiations are over because there are not even 10. So it's okay to plead, as Moses, as Abraham did. It is okay. But the verdict that the Lord rendered about Sodom and Gomorrah was a verdict that he only issued after he said he would go down and examine it himself and see for himself. It was just. Peter has this comment. It's in 2 Peter 2, verse... Five, God guarded and protected Noah. The Lord kept Noah. Noah proclaimed and demonstrated righteousness along with the seven others of his family. He was a preacher of righteousness. He was a doer of righteousness. He was an instrument of preservation and protection. He protected his family and he protected Animals. Noah proclaimed righteousness. He preached righteousness. He demonstrated righteousness. And how did he do it? By the life of faith and obedience. And by his abstention from violence and wickedness, he did not give in to the culture of violence. By his prophetic action, by building an ark and receiving the animals, he also proclaimed something. There was a message there. Remember these words? Something's happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. Well, who paid attention? Who said, there's a message? What's the message? Who got the message? Who even cared? 
Noah and his family for 120 years. And some animals who remarkably responded to what the Lord was doing and they came on their own initiative to Noah. It's really a remarkable story. They remained faithful for those last seven days also before the rain came. When the Lord said, in seven days, the rain and the flood begin. Here's another way of understanding it. The Lord said, time's up. I want you to think about how the flood waters had different effects. It destroyed the evil ones. It saved the righteous ones. It's amazing to me that God can be doing something so significant and it produces blessing to one and judgment to another. So with this in mind, I'm praying that there's accountability for the horrific evil that Hamas has committed and continues to commit. May God have mercy on all those who have experienced the horror and the hatred and the evil that Hamas has committed. Noah himself lived as a stranger in this world. The mission that God gave Noah and his family meant they had to work together for a long time. They had to stay faithful to God and to each other while they were surrounded by evil doing. My prayer for all of us, for the Beth Israel Mishpacha, is this, that men and women and young and old would stay faithful to God and to each other. Noah was out of sync with the culture around him. He was a stranger in the world, but he remained faithful. Lord, I'm praying that you would bless us with fortitude because we are strangers in this world. We are sojourners here. And you've written eternity in our hearts and you've given us citizenship in your kingdom and your heavenly realm. And we're asking, Lord, that you would strengthen our faith and bless us as we seek to be faithful. Let us remain faithful to you and to each other and let us have good relations with you and with our families. In Yeshua's name. At this point, I want to pray some prayers that have come from you all who participated on Wednesday night and some scriptures you shared. We pray for Stephen Rose's cousin, Udi Hammermark. He's in the Israeli army defending the north from Hezbollah attacks. And we join Stephen and Beth in praying that Udi is at peace and he is one with the Lord. And the scripture that stirs them from Psalm 91, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. The roses. We're also praying for the entire IDF 
Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. When you hear a scripture and it resonates with you, to the Lord you can say amen. You can repeat it with your own lips and take note of it. Stephen is praying, Adonai, defeat those that hate you and that hate the Jewish people. According to Psalm 55, verse 23, But you, O Lord, will bring them down, God, into the deepest pit. Those men, so bloodthirsty and treacherous, will not live out half their days. But for my part, I'll put my trust in you. Chuck and Aaron Bird wrote this prayer. They're praying for the safe return home of all the hostages. We pray for supernatural healing for all the people who have lost family members, loved ones, and friends during the senseless act of war. We also pray for all the media and news outlets to report accurate and factual accounts of what is truly going on not false and twisted information, and we pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Eric Painter sent in these prayers, Adonai, you are faithful and true to your children Israel and to every promise you have made. Please protect her in this time and give her leadership wisdom and discernment that comes from you to understand and decide in both the physical and the spiritual realms. For we are not struggling against human beings, but against rulers, authorities, and cosmic powers governing this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. As he quotes from Ephesians 6, verse 12, Eric's prayer continues, I ask for miracles of protection for Israel's military and civilians. I ask for untruth that forms or is fueled by baseless hatred to be burned away in the light of your truth. I pray for the salvation of Jewish people in Israel and around the world, that they would be rescued from spiritual death and raised to new life in Yeshua, and that they would be rescued from physical harm and violent intent. I pray that every victory in this war would be your victory, Lord, and that all vengeance would only be yours, that your perfect justice and mercy would reign, and that all glory could be given only to you. And he prays, help us to speak boldly, truthfully, and fearlessly for the sake of your name and the sake of your people Israel. And cite Psalm 94, verses 14 and 15. For Adonai will not desert his people. He will not abandon his heritage. Justice will once again become righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Chris and Catherine Swanson in Nashville, North Carolina, and Rabbi Charlie and Rebison Raquel Kluge in Delray Beach sent to us Psalm 121. Let me read it to you. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. 
The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Robinson Janet Foreman in Toronto, Canada has asked that we continue to pray for their daughter Dahlia and their son-in-law Adi in Israel. Adi is in the IDF reserves. And for their children, Nir, Shira and her husband Nir, who are now in New York City, they're all extremely affected by what's happening. Lord, we lift up Dahlia and Adi in Israel. We pray for Adi right now for safety and protection for him. For supernatural wisdom and discernment. That you would protect him according to the psalm we just read. In Yeshua's name. And Janet sends two scriptures, strong scriptures. From Isaiah 49, verse 25. For thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken and the prey of the tyrant be rescued. Because I will contend with those who contend with you. And I will save your children. I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh and they'll be drunk with their own blood as with wine. And then all flesh will know that I am the Lord, your Savior, your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. In Deuteronomy 20, verses 1 through 4, When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. And from Psalm 13, verses 5 and 6, But I trust in your steadfast loving kindness. My heart will exalt in your salvation. I will sing to Hashem, for he has been good. To me. Vani bahast chastacha. Betachti yegel libib yeshuachtecha. Ashir la denai ki gamal alai. Thank you, Lord, for your steadfast love and your covenant faithfulness and your mercies and your goodness. And Lord, our hearts are strong when we consider how great and mighty and how good you are. And let our hearts be stirred, O God. As we seek your face and look to you for justice and mercy to triumph. And let it be as in the days of old that you bring down violence. And that all those who, like the Amalekites, wanted to wipe the name of Israel off the face of the earth, let them be brought down to nothing. Pour out the gift of repentance upon the Gazans 
that they might not be neutral or simply political regarding the evil that Hamas is doing, and let there be a profound reckoning in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last words. Words of solidarity. You can affirm these. We affirm our solidarity with Israel. The state of Israel has the right to exist and to be a homeland for the Jewish people. The state of Israel has the right to defend its citizens and to have safe and secure borders. Lord, we pray for Israel. We pray for all those who are suffering. For the innocent ones, for families who lost loved ones, for the families of hostages, for the hostages themselves, for the soldiers of the IDF who are defending Israel during these most difficult times. We keep our eyes on You, Lord. You are our comfort. You keep faith with us. We honor You. We find strength in You and determination with You and with one another. And we pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Well, I think that does it for this morning. We're going to close now with Aaron's blessing. And those of you who are participating on by podcast or by live stream, Thank you for standing with us in solidarity. Thank you for your encouraging words, your emails, your texts, your comments. Thank you also for your financial support. For everyone who wants to stand with us, you can find everything out at BethIsraelNow.com slash giving. So we're going to close with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His face to you and give you His peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Explode the myth. Explore the truth. Expand your heart to God's presence in your life on Solace Radio.